0: You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This is Father James Scholl, and I would like to continue with the uh, reading of um, The Limits of Political Philosophy. We are in the third section And uh, on chapter the eighth, which is called Happiness and Salvation. We begin with um, two quotations from Samuel Johnson. The first is from The Rambler in 1750. He said, Every man is sufficiently uh, discontented with some circumstances of his present life uh, to suffer his imagination to range more or less in quest of future happiness, the end of the quote. And the second one is from Boswell's Life of Johnson in 1778, a conversation between Mrs. Knowles, who is was the Quaker lady, and Johnson. Mrs. Knowles, the scripture tells us, the righteous shall have hope in his death, Jonathan. Yes, madam, that is, he shall not have despair, but consider his hope of salvation must be founded on the uh, terms on which it is promised and that the mediation of our Savior shall be applied to us, namely obedience, and uh, where obedience has failed, then as uh, supplementary to it, repentance. But what man can say that his obedience has been such as he would uh, approve of in another, or even in himself upon close examination, or that his uh, repentance has not been such as to uh, require uh, being repented of? No man can be sure that his obedience and uh, his repentance will obtain salvation. At the end of the quote. The first section is called The Contrast of Happiness and Salvation. In this chapter of and the one following, I will continue to discuss the relation of questions in greek philosophy and in revelation the context will be a clarification of curious incompleteness or better an openness in uh, finite things even when they are doing what they are uh, properly proper to them this incompleteness is uh, provocative we cannot leave it alone In Aristotle's Ethics, the end and purpose of all human activity, including virtue and friendship, is called happiness. In the Revelational tradition, we read of eternal happiness, but it is described as salvation. Since both words, happiness and salvation, describe that for which human beings exist, The clarification of them, of uh, these two understandings, will serve to make more precise the uh, meaning of uh, subsequent topics in political philosophy. With the trials of Socrates and Christ, we have already seen that central issues of philosophy and revelation do relate um, intriguingly to the uh, to political philosophy. Here, I would add that political philosophy is uh, most fascinating when it deals with its own highest topics, because of the way these topics remain uh, unfinished, uh, as almost if they stand before um, the horizon at dawn waiting for further light. Happiness is what we desire to achieve uh, by and in our living. Without being selfish in any pejorative sense, happiness is intended to be uh, what we want for ourselves according to the level and kind of being we find ourselves to be given our own happiness and the happiness of others ought not to be conceived as if they were intrinsically contradictory to each other. Being by nature a political and social animal means just uh, this recognition of a proper place for every different person in a uh, common whole. In principle. It is not necessary, at the heart of which uh, we exist, uh, to posit some struggle uh, or uh, or need. The diversity uh, and otherness um, in our being was the teaching of Plato in The Republic, where the philosopher king was to see the proper place of everyone in the whole mutual love means that our happiness includes the happiness of others the fact that this love can be denied does not obscure its central meaning its central teaching roughly this is what saint augustine said when he remarked that two loves built two cities When happiness is uh, conceived in principle uh, to be at the expense of another's good, it is difficult to to, uh, see how we can uh, speak of the happiness of all. But if happiness has no objective content, no objection can be proposed uh, to the seeking of one's own happiness, At the expense of others even though our own activities can and do contribute uh, to or interfere with the uh, presumed happiness of other human beings the happiness of our human being does not in itself take away from the happiness of another of anyone else at least not without the other's uh, consent or our own um, disorder this uh, personal status before uh, some good given to us is why the problem of evil must be included in political philosophy happiness is not opposed uh, to the good unless some choice is involved which puts them in conflict. Happiness is the subject matter of the Greek notion of the ethical and political life, uh, whereas salvation uh, describes what the uh, religious man seeks above all. The classical Greek authors sought to spell out the experience of every person in any place or time Uh, that would cause him uh, to ask the question, what is happiness, and how can I attain it? The religious man asked, rather, can I be saved? But was it possible to be happy and not to be saved? Or could happiness or salvation uh, depend on ourselves, on our human being or society or God the philosophical question of happiness was concerned with the essence of happiness with what it was rather than the factual question of whether anyone actually attained it though for the Greeks knowing what it was was itself an essential part of its reality what happiness was, which was the subject matter especially of books 1 and 10 of Aristotle's Ethics, seemed to be a vital and necessary question to ask, even if no one actually ever attained it. Questions could be formulated that seemed to have no answers, and yet even Aristotle insisted that happiness was an activity and not something merely intelligible or abstract. Salvation was concerned with the given individual, even the worst sinner or criminal, and his ultimate status. The question of salvation seemed to defy the assumptions of the philosophy and politics salvation promised something that neither philosophy nor politics could claim to provide the happiness described by the philosophers seemed either fleeting or incomplete certain paradoxes in philosophy and political life uh, made each life seem uh, incomplete in their very experience in which each life was uh, most itself. Neither political happiness, in which all the practical virtues were able to be activated, nor theoretical happiness, devoted to the understanding of the highest things, guaranteed an individual's concern about his own salvation. No philosopher or saint uh, would deny that happiness and salvation. Uh, in their own uh, ways, addressed questions intrinsic to every human life. Addressed questions, indeed, that initially arise, uh, at least in part, in family and political life. Happiness is that purpose or end for which we do all that we do, including living uh, human life itself. Happiness uh, pervades every action that we perform uh, through the human capacities uh, we receive from nature. Happiness has no meaning if it is not something that uh, properly belongs to us and something that is ours. No doubt, the discussion of happiness uh, by Aristotle in books 1 and 10 Of the ethics remain classic text for any consideration of this topic we arrive at the meaning of happiness when we critically reflect on ourselves on our activities we can distinguish within ourselves the different capacities and actions flowing from these capacities we can see the objects of our capacities their particularities their fullness and even their failures Uh, happiness includes the reflective intellectual ability uh, to discover and uh, elaborate what happiness itself means and that this elaboration is a concern we find in ourselves the Unexamined life that was not worth living, as Socrates noted in his trial, was one that made no effort to arrive uh, at a true understanding of what happiness means for a human being. The very challenge of human life includes the power, indeed the obligation, to find out what this life is about. Happiness looks to ourselves to bring it forth. And yet, what it is in itself is not uh, totally uh, our own uh, design or making. This element of givenness in happiness, that it is not totally our own uh, to define and make it for ourselves, is the best thing about it. This givenness indicates that we are designed for more than even we could anticipate or uh, conjecture. This nature, this uh, superabundance, is not just a wish, but a uh, perceived uh, tendency in nature as it is related to us. Salvation relates to something outside of ourselves that we want, but which we uh, cannot give to ourselves. Salvation would uh, seem to imply that when we know all that we can know about happiness, uh, there is, because of what we learn about it, Uh, Something missing some something incomplete The good philosopher is the one who is the most perplexed by salvation and what it means Happiness indicates a dignity that we must um, accomplish in ourselves by uh, activating the potential of our nature But we must achieve this uh, completion on the basis of what we already are, what we already have. Our finiteness makes this happiness we do achieve uh, seem uh, insufficient. But if there is to be a completeness, we want it for ourselves. Neither happiness nor salvation can mean anything if somehow we become um, someone else or uh, some other sort of a creature. <clears throat> the question of happiness arises within us, for it asks the ultimate question uh, of what it is uh, we are about in this particular in the particular lives that we lead. Happiness thus means nothing if it is not ours happiness is something we want for ourselves we cannot not want happiness whatever it is even when we think that we reject it we seek it in the very act of rejecting it those who um, despair uh, do not deny it what they deny is the existence of any way for them uh, to achieve it our active seeking of happiness uh, is not to be seen as separate from our individual choices uh, to do this or that particular thing rather each thing we do on reflection is an attempt to achieve the sort of happiness we initially decide will be will um, Constitute the meaning of our particular lives. Each particular life has an objective me- uh, meaning uh, that arises out of its own uh, pursuit of the happiness it seeks uh, for itself. Happiness, moreover, uh, seems to be uh, uh, multipliable. Happiness indicates. An unsuspected abundance in the universe about the highest things. The elements of happiness. Happiness, what it is, even though we must still choose it uh, when we know it, is discovered, not made by ourselves. Human beings have their uh, activities uh, that are. Uh, under their own rational and voluntary control the differing powers and the activities flowing uh, from them as we shall see later define the differing uh, virtues uh, found in us the activities should be brought forth uh, from the potential capacities that is given with uh, human nature itself From its beginnings in um, conception and birth, man appears in nature as already man, a certain kind of being who eventually uh, can reflect on what he is and know himself, know what is not himself. His reflective activity is his evident purpose in being and activity, uh, through which he comes to know himself. So he comes to know himself through reflecting on his being and activity. Man can know himself only by first knowing something that is not himself. We are not directly objects of our own intelligence. We depend on the existence of a world of things, and not ourselves, even to know ourselves. In knowing something else, uh, not ourselves, we are uh, reflectively aware uh, that that it is we who know something that is not ourselves. Only if he recognizes that he already is human, uh, a certain kind of being with uh, his own reality given to him, can man properly begin to understand himself. We need to identify the differing activities open to man and to posit uh, their relative uh, relationship to others. The relative hierarchy of the virtues, the uh, relation of the active and contemplative virtues, the relation of the active virtues uh, to each other are essential elements in the understanding of happiness and how it is to be achieved. Aristotle called happiness the uh, appropriate activities of all of the virtues. These virtues were acquired habits uh, to guide us uh, easily and with purpose in uh, doing the right thing at the right time and the right circumstances, in those areas, our fears, our pleasures, our wealth, our anger, our manners, our thoughts, our words, in which uh, we could and should uh, rule ourselves. When he came to give a more complete uh, definition in Book 10 of the ethics, Aristotle said that happiness was the activity of the virtues and if there was a highest virtue the activity of that virtue presupposed to the others uh, in a complete life happiness included the uh, practical and the theoretical virtues happiness contains something both from nature and from uh, one's own A rational and voluntary use of what we have been given in that particular human nature that causes us to be what we are. The technical term, first nature, uh, and second nature. um, So these two terms, first nature and second nature, that that term uh, often are used in the discussions of human virtue. Uh, They were meant to clarify the distinction between being and action the first expression uh, referred to our being human beings and not uh, uh, say um, uh, Toads or sharks the second indicated what it was uh, we did uh, with our given uh, nature under our immediate control whether we made ourselves to be good or to be bad human beings in our choices and thoughts. Our dignity in the uh, chain of being uh, in our uh, relation uh, to plants and animals and gods was due uh, to first nature, which caused us to be human beings we ourselves had nothing to do with this nature being given to us our worth our stature was due to our second nature that over which we made we had some control by virtue of our reason and will second nature referred to what how we did with our capacities we were to uh, we were the beings whose very nature and purpose it was to um, complete ourselves ourselves by ourselves through uh, living uh, in a uh, world of others like ourselves without human presence, the world was not uh, finished. It did not fulfill the real purpose, uh, its real purpose, unless um, men themselves became what they were uh, intended to be. The world itself became intelligible and art- became articulated only through man. The world's knowledge of itself became articulated through man. This Articulateness and intelligence demanded on man's part some kind of further response. And this response is called gratitude. Um, If man accepts what he is uh, is as good, if he does not, uh, his response takes the form of rebellion. The next section is called the order of things if we contrast the notion of happiness with that of salvation we can see how the two notions are related to each other the consideration of happiness is in its most uh, complete uh, meaning leads to a further uh, analysis of salvation uh, for the one uh, who is philosophically uh, uh, happy Happiness and salvation have very different but not contradictory origins and purposes. The intellectual challenge is whether they can be reconciled. Happiness focuses on our own activity, uh, while not neglecting the objects of this activity, indeed delighting in them. Each activity... Uh, we find in ourselves has some objective uh, limitation to what what is not ourselves. We have fear as a power of our given being, but what frightens us comes into our lives from outside of ourselves, or at least from outside, our own uh, intelligence and will this characteristic is true of the other object of the virtues ancient epicurean philosophy maintained that fear of the gods was what caused our unhappiness to eliminate our fears it would be uh, we should get rid of the gods these epicureans were attempting to use philosophy itself to remove the discontent that seemed to arise outside of ourselves the radical solution failed in its very premises because philosophy did not um, demonstrate that the gods uh, did not exist nor did it uh, uh, reveal that fear of them was um, simply irrational it even appeared that fear was itself a good and constituent part of our being as such so the question was not to uh, remove the gods but to ask why fear was given to us as a good in our being thus in uh, Ecclesiastes. Uh, we could uh, even read in the revelational tradition that fear of the Lord was the beginning of wisdom. Well, it is something uh, we desire for ourselves. Happiness is not uh, dependent upon ourselves, as the epicurean thought. Rather, we recognize that what is not ourselves contains the secret to our happiness we beings we are beings who have our own limited uh, autonomy and independence yet we are incomplete we cannot wholly uh, give us or uh, give to ourselves um that which would make us most ourselves the uh, platonic Conclusion uh, to the uh, existence of good in itself, or the Aristotelian first mover, uh, was conceived to be the highest content that uh, philosophic happiness could attain. <clears throat> it was a constituent element of happiness to know all that is, including the realm of uh, the reality of God insofar as the human mind could know it happiness to be complete (coughs) included the uh, possession of what causes us to be happy we could not really be happy if we knew of the existence of something that seemed the center of meaning and yet a something uh, which had nothing to do with us aristotle spoke Of the fact that we were not by ourselves self-sufficient in which he meant that we needed more than ourselves to complete or fulfill what we actually were the world and its goods um, that we needed if we were to live at all let alone live well were uh, there for us to uh, uh, understand and to work on uh, for our own purposes. These goods or things, moreover, uh, were there before we were, though it is our intelligence that identifies what they are. It is with our hands and wills that enable them to uh, be fashioned into human purposes human happiness included the notion of the reforming of the world by human hand and understanding for man's purposes uh, from the most ordinary to the highest things, and was what the world was for to refashion it in that sense the things lower on the scale of being than man animals and plants and Minerals are themselves what they are, but also they exist uh, for these beings who exist uh, knowing uh, for their own sake, for human beings. This is why the struggles with ecology and um, environmentalism are so philosophical and theologically theological struggles uh, that deal with the nature of man and is as such with whether he is merely an accident in the universe or intrinsically related to its own purpose the world indeed uh, became a better and fuller world because of the fact that it was uh, the, it was the proper object of human intelligence and uh, action following on it the relationship of world and mind was not itself unthinkable this relationship uh, did not mean that man in his own uh, proper activities could not abuse nature uh, by uh, this same uh, human capacity but it did indicate a potential harmony in all existing things uh, which uh, uh, was uh, manifest most graphically by man's uh, capacity to understand and to use things for his own purposes because they could understand their purposes. The world could be a better world because of the existence of man in it but it could also become a worse place. This realization was why Aristotle would say that man at his best was the best uh, being, but at his worst, he was the worst than any of the animals, because his intelligence allows him to multiply the effects of evil far beyond any natural defect or insufficiency. The next section is called philosophical and political happiness. Human happiness, as Aristotle taught, was of two kinds or levels, uh, quite directly related to each other. The highest happiness, contemplative happiness, had to do with the philosophical understanding of the highest thing, uh, with uh, that power of understanding that, that seemed to be the highest faculty of man. This philosophical activity included the questions of the soul's uh, immortality. Through through philosophy, man uh, realized that he was made for something more than practical life. Practical happiness, on the other hand, referred to man's uh, life on earth insofar as he was on earth during the years of human life before death this practical life was that of the uh, composite single whole practical happiness the life of a mortal man on earth uh, was real enough and uh, could uh, not be neglected for it made possible the um leisure are required for philosophy or philosophical activity it consisted first in in reason's ordering each of man's faculties to himself then to others and then to a family and to the city's civil society finally reason looks at its own order and in its highest function so in its, its, its highest function is to know the highest things. Practical or political happiness uh, means that man's uh, personal uh, insufficiency was overcome in the polity uh, or civilization. What was necessary and uh, abundant uh, for the... Uh, physical and moral life of man uh, could be formed or put into order by human activity over time. That's one of the reasons why he was a political animal. His purpose was to erect uh, an order of, uh, in which he could uh, live well. So that's what he could do or needed to do. He needed to establish that. The possibility of moral life Itself depended on man's own free choices and on his uh, technical activities uh, from his mind and his uh, choices. These activities, in turn, led to questions that were no longer simply moral uh, to realities that did not fall into man's own Uh, control. Moral life was designed to uh, leave men free, uh, uh, free, clearly, uh, and honestly uh, to wonder about the sort of world um, that they lived in and uh, their place within it. Conversely, when men did not properly understand The kind of world that they were in and their place in it the chances were that they could not live a uh, moral and complete human life because they did not know what they were or the nature of happiness uh, for which they existed neither plato nor aristotle thought the most that most men would reach a high degree of political virtue they held that most civil societies would be imperfect in some uh, identifiable degree both nevertheless recognized virtues possibility or meaning each uh, thought it was difficult to know virtue without being virtuous it was possible and uh, indeed right to know what virtue uh, implanted, even if, if if it was not fully uh, uh, practiced. Experience uh, did show that along with uh, confused or even corrupt thinkers, uh, some genuinely, uh, genuine philosophers existed, uh, though few, if any, really good cities existed in actual history. The failure of most men and most cities to reach the happiness they could at least be uh, understood as desirable caused great moral and philosophical perplexity. It indicated something radically wrong with the world and with man. How is it possible to uh, formulate the conditions? Of happiness even uh, to the extent of maintaining maintaining that the world could be uh, fashioned to allow a human being uh, to complete himself in uh, his temporal life but still find it true that not many men uh, could achieve that happiness even in these few cases where some genuine happiness according to the um, description of the philosophers where it could might have been uh, achieved it was fleeting it applied to such few people and these uh, uh, difficult to recognize as the case of socrates or christ demonstrated uh, that some radical disorder Uh, appeared to exist in the human nature and the world to remedy this distortion uh, several avenues seemed open one was rebellion against uh, those norms or uh, natures that existed in the world instead of uh, following nature Uh, The rebellious philosopher wanted to uh, replace it. Replace it with what? He usually thought uh, to replace it with his own uh, alternative world, a world dependent on the only intelligence he knew that is his own. Happiness would be uh, subject to nothing other than man's own rules. Aristotle had already hinted in his metaphysics uh, that man's bondage, uh, his uh, awareness uh, that he is uh, the least of the intellectual uh, beings, gave human uh, incent- an incentive to rebel against the sort of being that he found himself to be. His rebellious attitude implied that happiness was not found uh, through the examination of man's powers and through the proper activities because these seem to be the uh, origins of the failure to achieve happiness in the first place. Rather, happiness would be achieved through the replacement of these natural ends and capacities by man's own criteria and purpose. The defiance of the gods was in this sense uh, seen to be a real source of human nobility since the gods were presumably responsible uh, for the dire condition of the world. The next section is called the Limits of human uh, Philosophical Happiness. Happiness and salvation are most clearly related to each other at this very point. The argument about the nature and condition of happiness as formulated by the uh, philosophers seems to be proper and valid. The controversy in classical thought uh, did not necessarily end in a theory uh, of rebellion, or well, it could have. In happiness. Was seen to be the uh, to be so infrequent an event, even among living human beings, uh, that it, in practice, did to no existing human beings. The account of happiness by the philosophers was both accurate, uh, attractive, and uh, grounded in understanding human nature protected its dignity not by actually finding examples of happy lives but by finding uh, philosophers who understood what happiness was however noble this infrequency of of the incidents of actual happiness did seem somewhat odd and unsatisfactory two uh, difficulties about happiness were striking the first was the that practical or public happiness uh, the life of the virtuous the good life required a long time in preparation and was rarely if ever perfectly achieved on reaching old age man often uh, experienced a long period in which nature itself um, uh, interfered with its uh, appreciation. The treatise on old age, such as that in Plato, uh, part one of the Republic, or in Cicero's De Senectute, Tude, uh, witnessed to the rarity of the philosophers ending their lives happily. No human life, even the longest one, lasted very long though apparently it lasted long enough to accomplish what human life was for. Plato did not think reliving life would make any difference, nor did he uh, think uh, that lengthening old age uh, was uh, the solution, uh, since the problem of old age uh, depended upon our character and not on the amount of time we lived. But to identify the sort of happiness that we could understand philosophically uh, with that life of man, uh that we could understand with that life of man as he lived it on earth, even in good circumstances, was not possible philosophical happiness also was itself uncertain and difficult uh, to attain in this life and insofar as it referred to the life of the soul as a separate from the body it was like no happiness that most people uh, could recognize and neither political nor speculative happiness however brilliantly described by the philosopher or the politician uh, was the lot of most people who ever lived, including most philosophers and politicians. Both Plato and Aristotle, along with many uh, classical uh, philosophers, recognized that the uh, philosopher could uh, most likely uh, be a, a tyrant Or at least uh, someone uh, who betrayed his own vocation. The deepest disorders in any society come not from the ordinary people of mediocre virtue, uh, but from the uh, errant philosophers uh, with great capacity, but capacity used in the wrong purposes. Uh, and used for vice. What it was one to make of a world in which there was a brilliant definition of happiness, but little actual, complete happiness. One alternative uh, we have seen uh, in the chapter on uh, modernity is metaphysical rebellion. In this view, we must cease to consider the classical search for happiness uh, to be proper. Uh, We should construct an alternate happiness uh, which would uh, manifest itself as a projection of a world in which all men uh, could uh, achieve a form of happiness that was confined to the limits of human nature in its uh, incapacity to achieve the good of a general scale, on a general scale. The other alternative, once granted that men uh, cannot be happy in philosophical sense uh, by their own powers, is found in the, uh, under the heading of salvation. Salvation raises to the surface uh, in religion uh, because before, it uh, encountered is encountered in uh, philosophy and politics salvation addresses what is perceived to be a failure or uh, incompleteness in politics and natural reasoning salvation is not indifferent to men's deeds and thoughts in the world its question is whether each person can reach the highest uh, reality, no matter what sort of polity he is found in, in this, even the worst in this world. The doctrines of repentance and forgiveness are, unlike a friendship, addressed not to the success of philosophy, but to its failures. Repentance and salvation and politics. Ancient cities were modeled on the order of the gods or uh, the cosmos. The order of the world, uh, the order of the city, and the order of uh, the soul were uh, to be in harmony. Not forgetting uh, Prometheus who uh, stole the fire from the gods to aid man. But the idea that the modern city had no gods is deceptive. For what is it has taken the place of uh, the order of the gods is the order of the ideologies. Functionally, at least, These have taken the place of the gods as uh, models uh, of uh, of the civil order. It is difficult, however, to see how man can be at all happy if he is not well-oriented to the world that is not himself, uh, but from which uh, a man, uh, as man, he came forth. The idea Of the city uh, ought not to be uh, ordained uh, directly uh, to the gods, however, was uh, Christian, not pagan in origin. Unbelief in the traditional gods caused the ancient Romans to look upon Christians as atheists. Like Socrates, they were uh, unbelievers in the gods of the city. When addressing uh, the state, Caesar was said was said by the Christians uh, to have things which were legitimate, legitimately his, while God had his own claim. Salvation appeared to the Romans to uh, undermine the uh, uh, importance of uh, politics. Let's say this idea of um, of the place of Caesar. The city was necessary uh, to complete the insufficiency of the individual citizens, their moral uh, insufficiency in particular. But Christians wondered whether the moral or practical virtues were enough even if achieved which was the Roman idea. This worry was uh, the main question um, that the uh, condition of all existing cities presented to political philosophy. Political philosophy had to address the this perplexity. Couldn't the truth of the philosophical uh, doctrine of happiness be maintained, A, if man is not made for happiness, In this world alone and be if happiness is not exclusively something of human making the difference between the philosophical and the revelational tradition had to do with the uh with repentance and forgiveness socrates uh for instance uh did not forgive those uh, who were responsible for his death Rather they were condemned by Socrates' words and uh, Plato's recording of them. All men would remember them at, as those who killed the philosopher, uh, Anmin. even though that's, I mean that was Socrates' view. And even though Plato understood that we uh, should choose to undergo, the punishments uh, that uh, our crimes deserved, and that we should uh, not get caught in the cycle of things of uh, doing wrong in the first place. He did not recognize uh, that it was possible for our evil deeds to be forgiven if we uh, acknowledge them as offenses, not just against one another. Uh, but offenses against God. But our dignity and our significance are much greater if our thoughts and actions reach not just their uh, immediate object, object, but through them, the Godhead itself. Forgiveness implied that there was something uh, to be forgiven. Repentance was the self-reflective awareness that since since we had created disorder in the world uh, and in ourselves by our own uh, choices and deeds we needed to acknowledge uh, the disorder and if possible to stop it uh, to stop its consequences what needed to be forgiven included the sins or faults Uh, that were described uh, by the natural moral philosophers and understood by our own reason all sins or faults that happened were necessarily actions uh, or thoughts uh, following upon choices of uh, individual persons and uh, so known by them uh, to be disordered No collective uh, god existed. The fully accurate description of the world was not that of the philosophers defining happiness, however valuable it was. Rather, it was the account of actual human beings about their own uh, mostly disordered actions, the uh, majority of which uh, did not lead them to any proper happiness even as um, understood by the reasonings of the philosophers what was worthy about such lives salvation and the status of good and evil what was worthy about the lives of those who did recognize their sins and um, still had to acknowledge them. Political philosophy leads to philosophy and philosophy to revelation. Revelation, a reflection on human life, poses questions uh, that must be uh, asked about, uh, but do not seem to admit uh, for adequate answers uh, uh, once proposed, properly proposed. In the case of salvation and happiness, the question is formulated uh, over the quest for the happiness uh, that is found in each human being as something that he seeks for himself in all that he does and thinks in his life. Happiness is intended to be the individual's happiness, It is intended to be complete. The happiness uh, manifests its content through the exposition of the uh, the examination of the various powers and capacities found in each human being from nature. These capacities can be completed through their activities, uh, which are then more uh, deeply settled into each human being as as habits as virtues and vices many of these uh, virtues uh, needed to be uh, completed by uh, something beyond the individual whereas the vices usually do affect affect others that uh, some um, uh, authority or uh, coercion must be uh, employed Uh, to enable others uh, to be minimally uh, uh, virtuous before the actual vices of others. Everything in the discussion on friendship, uh, which is the locus of the relationship between ourselves and one another, and of God, would indicate that the experience of love and friendship implies a a permanence that includes everything that we are obviously we cannot provide this permanence by ourselves friendship requires that we remain human beings the particular human beings that we are it would seem to be possible to have friendships with god only if god manifested himself in human form so that the bridge between man and God, of which Aristotle rightly spoke, uh, could be passed over. The treatises on happiness and friendship lead to the question about about which Revelation has responded. These responses, from the point of view of the philosopher, are only possible but uh, unlikely solutions from the viewpoint of revelation they require in addition to certain philosophical uh, grounds of faith uh, but a faith uh, that is uh, based on certain uh, events that happened in history the doctrine of salvation presents itself not as the a theoretical impossibility but as a possible solution to philosophical enigmas that arise actually arise in human uh, the human condition even many from many angles we require a a completion that we cannot provide for ourselves but we seek a completion that does not in principle uh, so transform ourselves and our world that we cease to be ourselves. Polities generally outlast the lives of individuals who compose them, though not always. But polities do not exist as something apart from the individuals who uh, compose them. The reality of polities of states must be uh, grounded in the prior reality of human beings and their destinies. If human beings are destined to pass away, so that uh, so also are politics. But politics might pass away, and something of human life be uh, be permanent. The question of salvation differs from that of philosophical happiness. Salvation is not concerned with the perfection in this life. Either of in individuals or in corporate life, it, it, it does not think it doesn't think that it's unimportant. Politics is a necessary practical preparation uh, for our uh, understanding of the highest things. But salvation is concerned with the lives of actual human beings who are by no means perfect and who die salvation thus is addressed not only to the ontological question of the immortality of the soul and the theological question of the resurrection of the body but to the moral question of the distinction of good and evil as lived and recognized by the individual human being in all its metaphysical depths We can say that we want uh, to be saved uh, from the condition of our lives without denying the goodness of the human life or the condition itself. We can recognize that we have a divine relationship to the source of all uh, being without claiming that we are ourselves divine. Rather, we wish to uh, remain ourselves, even in our sins and faults, though we wish them to be rendered harmless. The doctrine of salvation of each individual uh, retains the notion uh, that good must re- uh, remain good and evil remain evil. Salvation does not and cannot change the meaning of good and evil, but it does include a way for those who uh, commit evil uh, to uh, restore the good uh, uh, according to the exigencies of their own nature. Salvation does not uh, pertain only to the uh, philosophers or to the most intelligent, Though it does not leave them out either. Salvation looks to the permanent status of each particular human life uh, begun in a real place and a definite time in which happiness has been sought. Salvation is concerned with what a given person's life has uh, defined or manifested about itself in its own actions. It subsumes the philosophical teaching about happiness but it recognizes that the uh, solution to the enigmas that have uh, arisen about uh, about individual um, permanence and imperfections about um, the individual uh real- relation to god do not find solution in philosophy even though philosophy can recognize that its own questions are being answered in some uh, to it curious and surprising manner this working out of happiness and salvation was as we saw nowhere more graphic uh, and intellectually visible than in the trials of socrates and christ trials that served to link the highest issues uh, uh, that are pondered by mankind but to understand more fully how these issues are related we must uh, still uh, consider the meaning of virtue and vice uh, as it relates to these trials uh, to their indications of the meaning of happiness and salvation the proper question to be asked at the limits of politi- of politics the question to be asked are seen most clearly in the classical definition of their discussions of the virtue and vice aristotle said at the end of book 1 of the ethics that happiness was simply the activity of the virtues as if there were a certain relationship between living well and the perplexing problem of whether this very living well is limited uh, to this life, even uh, when it is achieved. Such is the context of the uh, considerations on virtue and vice that follow this reflection on happiness and contemplation. The end of Book 8. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.